0: Okay, thank you everybody for joining me again. We're on our next episode of uh, Dr. Conversations. I always get this wrong. Conversations with Dr. Cowan and friends. And again, I have a new friend this time. His name is Ross Bearable. And I'm glad I remembered uh, to say his name a few times. I think I've forgotten. Um, And I wanna introduce it in a maybe a little bit of unusual way uh, by telling a story that actually I wrote about in one of my books. And I don't remember actually which book it was right now, but I think it will make sense to what we're going to be talking about. The story was, there was a, uh, let's say a child who was uh, walking in the woods, very special woods. And she came upon, uh, she was very interested in in tracking animals because she loved animals. And so she came upon a footprint, but she had never seen a footprint like this before because it was perfectly square. And of course she thought to herself, what could possibly make a square footprint? Because she'd never seen an animal with a perfectly square hoof. And so uh, she you know, went home and told her parents and then they looked and this was the only place anybody had ever seen this kind of footprint. And eventually it became, you know, like a a big sensation in the city and even a sensation in the nation and maybe even in the world. And so a lot of very learned professors came to look and they found this footprint. And they were also very interested because none of them had ever seen this, an animal that had a, a square hoof. So they did a lot of studies and then uh, at one point an emeritus professor uh, came to the conclusion of what made the footprint. And he said, the the footprint was made because in that particular forest where this little girl lived, there was a unique composition of soil and water. And so because of that unique composition of soil and water, that's what made the footprint. And he decided to do an experiment to prove it. And so he got a square uh, piece of wood and he put it on a big stick <clears throat> and he went to a concrete floor and he pushed the stick into the, into the concrete floor and it didn't make a footprint. And then he went to the, to the local river and the local uh, uh, pond, you know, the, like the lake, and he put this uh, square footprint that he made out of wood into the lake and it didn't make a footprint. And then he published a paper and was given the Nobel prize for discovering that the reason for the footprint is the unique composition of soil and water in that forest. Now I can see Ross, you uh, moving your eyebrows there. (laughs) I think most of us would think Uh, This guy, even though he's an emeritus professor, I think he missed the point. Because while it is true that in order to make a footprint, you do need a kind of soil and water, or at least a medium in which to make a, a, a print, right? But nobody in their right mind, except unfortunately, scientists and now doctors believe that the footprint was made by the composition of soil and water. And unfortunately, the reason I bring that up is because uh, we have a theory of science and biology that we are made of only soil and water. And you see, I think that we're made of things like light and energy flow And today, we're actually gonna talk about something I've never uh, talked about, which is another thing that organizes the, the soil and the water, in other words, the substance into a biological entity, and that's sound. Now, a lot of learned professors would say, that's ridiculous, sound has no effect on biological organisms. (laughs) you think about that i mean that's what i learned in medical school you know how many times somebody said the sound or the shape of something has an effect on our biology the answer is zero and i can tell you if we ever said well don't you think like if somebody chanted all day or if somebody listened to certain music or if somebody had certain tones from certain gongs or harps or something, that it might actually change their biology, they would say, no, we are only soil and water, that's it. And anything else is, they would start going like, woo, and stuff like as if there was something sort of inhuman and literally crazy about what what I was saying. So of course as doctors we all learned to not say anything about that and then when you when you practice not thinking like that and not saying like that for 10 20 years mm-hmm. you actually might believe it <laughs> even though you knew that this was nonsense uh, so this uh, when I when you contacted me and said you were uh, and again I, I love it with people correct me if I'm wrong but You have uh, created ways of making sounds out of using shapes. And I think a very special ability to, to work with geometry and substance as a sculptor to create sounds, which my guess is actually have a profound effect on human and plant and animal biology. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because I have a feeling even though i don't know that much about that right you know that's not i never really looked into that Mm -hmm. my guess is you do and i i want to hear about it i have another thing to say about is an introduction here and i know it's a little long-winded but um, some people may respond because i often get a lot of feedback from these interviews and say well it's, it's all very well and good what we're hearing here, but this is a, say, out of my price range or, or it's, you know, why do you bring this up since it's inaccessible to most of us to actually have access to what you're talking about? And I, I actually don't like that kind of, quote, criticism. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the way I see it, if anybody is doing anything that's interesting, that that elucidates or helps us understand what it is that makes footprints, then I wanna know about it. And I don't care if it costs a million dollars to make it or not, because uh, it's not about the money, it's about, about knowledge and about uh, understanding reality. And the other thing I would say about that is, you know i heard recently that we put in uh we just uh the national government did a 1.2 billion dollar grant to egypt for uh foreign policy aid now i just want to say i i have nothing particularly against egypt <laughs> i don't want to hear from a lot of people saying what's your problem with egypt i don't have any problem with egypt but i also think that if if what you're saying and which i which i think is actually what we're going to hear is that this could help us by being exposed to certain sounds live better lives here which is what i think is is actually the reality then i don't see why our government can take 100 million out of that 1.2 billion and give it to you and put one in every town square in the country i mean I'd love to hear the argument that that use of our resources is a worse use than giving, you know, Egypt, or I could name a million other places, that the things we do with our money that I don't think help me at all. And I don't think they help the dolphins and, and the daffodils and our children and a whole lot of other things. I could be wrong about some of them, but I don't think so. So I know that was a long-winded introduction, but I hopefully it'll set the stage for uh, my next question, which is Ross, welcome to my interview show. And I would love to hear how you got into this, what you're doing, a little bit of your background. And then really, uh, I I hope we can focus on what you know, uh, about the relationship between shape and form and sound and human and biological health. And I know those okay. are big subjects, but, uh, and again, I just, re- I'm grateful for you giving
1: us the opportunity. So, biology. Well, you, you're asking the right questions. Good. Tom and thanks for, thanks for having me, um, as a guest. um, um so how'd you get into this? how did I get into this? Well, I, I yeah, I knew you're gonna ask that, so I I, th- I thought about this, and um, uh, I yeah, I grew up I grew up um, in in a family that was fairly musical. We all took piano lessons. I, I start I I was um, I started playing the flute when I was in college, just out of my own interest, um, and I've always. My dad loved music. I just, I've always, I've always known that I've always had this feeling that there is a, there are, there is a sound out there that is so beautiful and so immersive that if I could only hear that sound or create that sound, it would transport me to altered, to higher, just beautiful, refined states of consciousness. And that to me, that that to me is like a memory. It's a deep embedded memory within my soul that I've always known. I've always had this feeling that, oh my God, I just want to hear that sound. It can that can that can change everything. I and think that, some people I, used to call that the music of the spheres. Exactly. So in
0: other words, your quest in life was to literally hear the music of the spheres.
1: Well, I I, my first experience of that was um, I I grew up in southern Ontario and we lived about 200 yards from a a train uh, railroad track, a CPR railroad track. And I can remember walking out those tracks like at at dusk on a Friday night because I, you know, I wanted to connect with something, you know, in my early teens and walking out there. And this railroad track was run along a high berm. And on each side of the track were these huge uh, swamps, frog ponds. Right. And at dusk, the frogs would chant back and forth over the top of the berm, and I would just stand there and close my eyes and listen to these frogs chanting this, 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 this harmony. You know, this harmonic choir was going on, and I remember having this feeling of just really longing to feel connection. I was kind of a loner, I was always into individual sports. And just listening to that sound, I just felt so completely connected to nature, being embedded in this harmonic choir of frogs. And I, I you know, looking back, I, now I understand what was going on. But that, that took away that that deep longing to connect, because I felt connected in that moment. Yeah. And so that was my first experience of going man sound is powerful there's something going on here. Yeah. And um, yeah, moving on, you know, my 20s, uh, I used to used to go to this uh, every Wednesday night, I used to go to this group and we would chant for days and ohm and all this stuff and one night a gal walked in with a folk harp, one of these one of these things here and started playing the harp and I heard that and I I was beschmitten. I just With the harp, not the girl. (laughs) And I said, "Man, I've got to have a harp." I just one of those one of those those um, key moments in your life when you absolutely know you know something for sure. Every cell in your body says, "I got to have this experience." Sort of, it's sort of like
0: falling in love, but now not. We're talking about not with a person, but with what? It's
1: not even the instrument; it's the sound. It's the sound of that instrument. Yeah. and so i took it home and and looked inside the sound box on it and and, and the guy that built the thing had his phone num- name and phone number in there called him up and said how do you how do you build a harp and and two weeks later i was on a plane to california and i spent three weeks with a harp builder out there and started building folk harps and i did that through my 20s and 30s i built hundreds and hundreds of folk harps Four different sizes of folk harps i played them my wife played uh, i built them my wife played them and we did the whole folk harp scene for a long time and through that experience of building these harps stringing them tuning listening tuning listening tuning 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 tuning, tuning i developed this um inner um sensibility and um sort of intuitive sense of how to create sound how do you listen to sound how do you create harmonics you know i would it's through listening and listening and playing and tuning and that evolved um so let me stop you there for a second so it sounds like
0: you already had a a good sense of music right because that you got from your family in a sense it sounds like you were also pretty good at building things or at least yeah
1: I was, I was i was always always been very hands-on guy my dad always had a shop in the in the in the barn he always said the barn never let me down so, all right so but, you you weren't intimidated by building a harp no, like i was like no building. i was not you know i i i started off building dulcimers which are these little four-string instruments very very simple instrument but uh i I knew that I wanted to build. It. I knew I could do it, and I finally got my my tools together and got a shop and 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 started building harps. and And I had a I had a guy, a local guy that was um, worked with me in in Tallahassee, Florida. He was a, a large concert harp builder, and he mentored me. So um, I had some really good training and a lot of encouragement and and uh, a, a loop. You know i would play them my wife would i would build them my wife would play them and i got to hear them and i you know i went to bed every night listening to her play the harp and it was really it was a magical magical time in my life and that when you take the folk harp outside you know uh, and put it in the wind the wind blows through the strings that creates this aeolian wind harp effect and that was the first time i ever experienced the aeolian harp it's certainly... so I'm
0: going to stop you again for a minute, and I'm going to show my musical ignorance. Um, so you mentioned that you were hearing harmonics, right? Mm-hmm.
1: What is a harmonic? So a harmonic, uh, wind harps generate harmonics. So the fundamental tone is like a C. You get a C, a C note? Is a, is, is, is call this call that the fundamental. The first harmonic is the octave above that. In no, other words, the same note, just a higher octave. Note, an octave, that's the first harmonic. The second harmonic is a G above that. So you see that's the fundamental. Here's the first harmonic, and there's and the there's G above that. So that's the second harmonic, and it goes on up from there. So they're naturally generated tones that um, are generated in acoustic music that aren't necessarily played but they they are generated by nature of the way music works it's just um it's the physics of sound that generates harmonics and they're always they're very structured they're always the same and wind harps create harmonics on the string when the when the wind blows through this through the harps you you seldom hear the fundamental. You hear the first and second harmonics. So the, you hear the octave, and then you hear the fifth above that. So um, is that what you mean by an Aeolian wind harp? Yes, an Aeolian wind harp is is uh, named after the Greek god of the wind, Aeolus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's why they call them Aeolian wind harps. And that was that. So the folk harp is the ultimate. Aeolian wind harp because all the strings are tuned. It's got this beautifully uh, vibrant, uh, resonant soundbox attached to the strings, and it works very well. Uh, but you you can't um, over time uh, a, a full carp is just going to weather. The wood's going to fall apart. So that inspired me to start to to start working with. Uh, building aeolian harps and aeolian harp is n- is not my when, when was this now this is... this is this is 1979. oh we're talking a long time ago yeah 1970 78 79 um yeah I was 29 years old it Was my Saturn return I was like boom new trajectory I was I was off I was totally focused on this and yeah, the wind harps the wind harps started getting built and um, so in other words, a wind harp that this harp you know obviously
0: played by a person a wind harp is essentially played by the wind and
1: played totally by nature yeah. played by the wind. So to me that was like this is really cool. I'm taking the energy of the wind and this trans being transposed into harmonic tones into sound yeah so this is like man this is cool um so I, I I took that concept and started playing with a lot of different um designs my first wind harp was made out of wood very very simple uh, I'll show you a picture of my first wind harp uh actually I built it in 1980 I was working on a construction job and I had access to a lot of free rebar and um I built this thing out of concrete, it was 10 and a half feet tall, the neck and pedestal was all reinforced concrete, it had a stainless steel soundbox on it, and I'll show you a picture on my website later, um, but it weighed three tons, it was insane, but it it, it, and it had 62, a double row of 62 stainless steel piano strings on it. Wow. and it worked so it was my proof of concept but I mean concrete there's nothing resonant about concrete so I've been downsizing ever since uh so that was that was that was the big daddy that got me launched and um since and since then I I've always had a real love for sacred geometry when I was 20 years old I took a year off college and I went and traveled I hitchhiked across Europe and I ended up in Cairo Egypt and um I went and visited the pyramids. I didn't even, I, it wasn't even my attention. I didn't go there to visit the pyramids. I, I just, here I am in Cairo, you know, we're staying at the- We went to visit the pyramids. Then we, we split, there's about five of us went and took a tour and we did a tour on the inside of the pyramids. But then after the tour was over, five of us guys ran around the back corner of the pyramid and we climbed up the corner of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Yeah. Sheops pyramid. And there, the guides were screaming at us, says, he's forbidden, come back, come back. And we said, come and get us. Yeah. So we crawled up to the very top of that pyramid and sat on the capstone of that pyramid for about wow. three, three hours. And it felt like three minutes. That, that, ex- that was like a, it, up on the top of the Great Pyramid, it's an electromagnetic null zone. And it, it tweaks your perception of time when you're in that space like that. After that trip, I was. It, it tweaks it in what way? Can you say more about it, that? It tweaks it. It's like you feel, it, it's like we were up there three hours and it felt like three minutes. It time, it's, it's like time stopped. Wow. And I know that magnetics, uh, if, it's like if you want to erase a tape, a CD tape, put a magnet on it. It'll erase yeah. it. Yeah. So magnetic is, magnetic energy has everything to do with how we encode emotional, our emotional memory. Yeah. We get magnetically attracted. There's a. I can't really articulate it any any deeper than that. But I know that uh, magnetism affects our perception of time. Um, you get out of the earth. These, these astronauts, when they leave to the magnetic field of the planet, you better believe their perception has changed.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So you
0: were in the uh, a di- the top of the capstone of the pyramid is a different electromagnetic, you call it a, a dead zone. And so yeah, that.
1: I call it electromagnetic null zone. So there, you're, I, the study that I've done with the pyramid says that there, you're, you're basically not affected by the earth's magnetic field when you're sitting on top of the pyramid. Wow. So, so long story short, I came back from that trip and I said, man, what's, what's going on with the pyramids and started studying pyramids, which led me into sacred geometry. And then tell us what you mean by sacred geometry. Well, sacred geometry is, is geometry that is that, ex, that describes or explains um, the proportions that we see in nature that are everywhere. It's like, and, it, and they call it sacred because it's always the same, it's always, it's always perfect it follows these certain proportions like the gold mean ratio you know which generates the 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 phi ratio of the of the pentagram yeah you know which is you see five you know flowers that have five sides to them the human body is a pentagram yeah you know the batubius man says shows that we're a pentagram and the the gold mean ratio which generates the not the spiral of the nautilus shell that's a pentagonal, pentagonal geometry. And so that's, that's one, of the, one, one of the fundamental principles of, of sacred geometry. Really, we should everything's sacred, so we should just call it geometry. Right, got you it. Um, so that got me really deeply embedded in geometry. and And as I began studying this, I realized that the human body is the ultimate vehicle of geometry. I mean, we're full of phi ratio harmonics. Our, our bone structure is all phi ratio harmonics, um, and I thought, man, uh, that inspired me to um, start building wind harps that are based on these proportions of sacred geometry. Because I felt like if you're vib- if I'm vibrating this 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 harp that's 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 built using these proportions. And our body is built using these same proportions. There's got to be a sympathetic resonance between that sculpture that's vibrating and this 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 structure. Right. That just made sense to me. Yeah. And then to tune the and, and to put strings on it and tune the strings to the same um, harmonic intervals that are embedded in all of nature, like the you know the Pythagorean scale and 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 and. Um, making A at 432 instead of 440 and build the scale on the, on those proportions. It's like that, this was a no brainer to me. So that's. So you eventually even got into that. there's differences I've heard in the
0: actual, you know, tuning of the scale, which to our, in our ours isn't quite right. That
1: yeah. 440 is not in harmony with nature at all. Not it. at all when you when a is at 440 middle c is at 261.63 hertz which has no relationship with anything in nature got it it's, it's just way out there when a is at 432 middle c is at 256 256 you divide that 256 in half is 128 64 32 16 8 4 2 1 one cycle per second it's based on unity. It's just, it's a beautiful scale. And so when I, I've been tuning my folk harp to that Pythagorean scale at A432 at for probably uh, 25 years. And I, I, I don't know that I can hear the difference, but I can feel the difference when my harp is tuned to that scale. It'll, it, when it's in, the, when that harp is perfectly tuned in the, in the Pythagorean scale A432, I can drop into the zone just like that. Got it. it so it, 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 it entrains my, it gets me out of my head for starters. So what you're talking about here,
0: it, it's I would say it, it maybe started, or you could describe it as a theory that if I expose myself or any living thing to these particular uh, frequencies that are in tune with nature, A, that will have an effect on me. And that effect maybe to bring bring myself into a more healthy, harmonic, peaceful, I don't know what word, relationship with myself and with nature. Is that
1: I, I would say that's a that's a good theory. <laughs> and that's been that has been my direct experience. Yes. Um, I've been building these wind harps for 42 years, and I've lived in in a constant you know, uh, they were, I've got three or four harps outside my window out in my yard right now. And I like to talk about it as, as, uh, the set, the word soundscape Yeah. when I, when I bring these harp into my acoustic environment, they, they, they help me to, um, actually listen to the soundscape. They create their own, their own soundscape, but they're also, um, listening to and playing with the natural soundscape with the with the wind that's going on the birds that, that are singing over here that you know in the spring the frogs in the pond down below and then august when the crickets are out at night these harps are singing with the crickets so they're the they're uh, they're a symphony going on and really the the you know and i've thought about this a lot what is the value of a wind harp i mean uh, for me what the wind harps do and, and is that when they sing, when the wind is just right and the, the wind's blowing through the strings and they're vibrating and creating their harmonics, the, the harmonics that are generated are a function of the velocity and the quality of the wind. So there's two factors there. But the sound that they generate is always different. It's yeah. never the same, and it's always in the moment. It's always right now. Yeah, I'm never going to hear that same sound again. So when I'm walking around the property and I have have my my shop here, but if I'm just taking a break and I'm walking around, I hear the harp sing. Even to this day, I will stop and I will just listen to that harp. And that does a couple things. Number one, it just it brings my attention units to the moment this moment right now. Yeah. And it allows me to listen and look up and stop and just listen to the harp and then I'll get to, then I listen to the greater soundscape and maybe I'll look up at the sky and over at the mountains and I get a moment to appreciate and have, have a moment of gratitude and just stop, just stop my mind and just be in the moment and anything that supports that activity of just stopping and just tuning in and just being grateful for the moment, what's that worth?
0: Yeah, we're talking about a sort of a a deep meditation state that's sort of sparked by this soundscape that you're able to hear and produce through tuning an instrument to the proper frequencies. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the physiological benefits are, You know, I I can't, I can hardly imagine anything more health giving than
1: doing that. Well, you know, right now on the planet, the battlefield is for our attention. Yeah. If I can get your attention, I can influence your perception of reality. Yeah. And so the only thing I got going on that I have control over is where I place my attention right now. Yeah. That's the power that I have. And this is this these instruments are or playing the gong is an opportunity to um practice. It's like a spirit it's like a spiritual practice. Playing the gong is it it can it can be embedded into your spiritual practice, but it's it's a way to practice taking charge of where I'm placing my attention. Yes. Right now. And then if I if I don't have control of that. I'm at the effect of everything going on out there, Yeah. right? So this is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. It's an interactive tool. It's not going to do it for you, but it will assist you in taking control. It assists me in taking control of my units of attention, which is my power. Yeah. Right.
0: And that is amazingly well said. I, I yeah, that, I, I don't have anything to add. That's,
1: that's I, what we got. That's what we got. That's what we got. I mean, our-, our And it, it, I think maybe there
0: is something to say, which is there's something about sound, which is uh, partly to get somebody's attention, you have to at least have an interaction with their emotional life. And I mean, the the, the idea, there's nothing that does that better I mean, smell does it too, but
1: sound is. Uh, sound, I mean, sound goes right. It it, tra- it 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 bypasses this thing and goes right to the to the heart. Beautiful sound is. That's why in every spiritual t- tradition from the beginning of time, they have used some form of sound as a setup for meditation. And the Buddhists have been playing their horns, and they've been playing gongs and bells forever. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, but that's what i find <clears throat> is that um if i just sit down and play play the harp the harp is my is my therapy it's my music therapy is just sit and play the harp and that's how i connect but if i need inspiration i sit down and get i say ross go and play your harp got it you know and and that helps me to connect and feel connected to my spiritual truth um but everybody has their own way of doing that it, but it's a it sound is a very powerful way to to invoke um, our our spiritual essence because you know i mean even in in the in, in the spiritual in the christian tradition there's this line that says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so my interpretation of that of that scripture and i'm not, I'm not promoting christianity or any or any any religious doctrine it's just it's just one of them all basically what they're saying from my in my vernacular is in the beginning was vibration yes in the beginning was this vibration of love yeah and that and and everything that was created was created out of that vibration so in my reality vibration and sound is original cause yeah that's what created everything that's what we are at the essence and the very fundamental level of our being we are all vibration, and that's what Pythagoras, the great, the great mystic and, and light and sound master, Pythagoras left us was the, was the law of vibration, which says everything in existence, whether it's animate or inanimate, vibrates. So if you're alive, you're vibrating, yeah. and we may we may not be able to measure the frequency of that sound with our instrumentation but it's still vibrating and it has a sound. And that's what creates the music of the spheres. This whole, the cosmos vibrating and all these infinitely um, uh, different frequencies that creates the music of the spheres. It's just, and and Pythagoras talked about- and The listening. music of the spheres creates you. Yes. At, at it's most,
0: that's that's the, that's the animal that made the footprint, not the, not the um, mud and the water. I mean, the water is a medium, yes. but-
1: um. Yes, exactly, yes. So that's what we are. We are sound, we are vibration. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and cymatics now proves it, you know, when they, the, cymatics is the science that where they sprinkle sand on a, on a plate and then put a speaker under it and vibrate the plate. And you can see the different waveforms that are created with different frequencies. Sound structures matter, we know this. <clears throat> and now they're doing it with water. They're vibrating water and looking at the sound, these three-dimensional sound bubbles that are generated through different frequencies. And there's just this beautiful, complex uh, waveform within a sphere sound bubble and it's moving and morphing and changing it's just so beautiful to watch but that that really proves that you know that's what we are we're we're water yeah right so a little bit of minerals in it with a few minerals in it you're right so so we're profoundly affected by sound
0: yeah profoundly affected by sound all right (laughs) we could go on forever but the next thing that caught my attention was um because i had uh, written a book about the heart, and I talked about the work of Frank Chester, who yes. basically came up with uh, an indi- a, a, something that Rudolf Steiner said, that the heart is a seven-sided regular form that lives in a box in the chest, and uh, Frank Chester actually, I think the first time in history, uh, sculpted this seven-sided regular form. A regular form means all the sides have the same surface area, and when I heard from you, you said, well, by the way, Tom, I made a, what what Frank called a chestahedron that right. actually, um, I put it on a wind harp, And of course my response was, how much does it cost? <laughs> yeah. I want to put that in my garden. So, uh, can you tell me a little about that form and what you got? And then let's go after that into... Showing us some of what these things look and sound like.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 geez, I don't know how I found Frank somewhere on the internet, but I was so intrigued by that form because it was so beautiful to me. It was yeah. so beautiful and simple. And here's, here's a seven sided polyhedron, and every surface is an equal surface area. I mean, what? never heard of such a thing that was so i actually went and took a weekend course at his place uh in in san francisco and um he he gave his teaching about how he finally generated this this form which was which is generated out of the tetrahedron and you open those those three petals to this place and where it generates the the kite shapes and Lo and behold, and when he, when he gets the kite, the same surface area as the um, as the equilateral triangle that generates the, the the what he calls the chestahedron. and then he spins this thing, he puts it on a vertical axis and spins it, and it looks exactly like a bell.
0: Yeah. Have you
1: seen that video? I have. And I'm going what so this is and then and then he and he started connecting seven sides with the seven wraps of, of muscle around the human heart right. in all these yep. different directions. And then, and then he explained how the heart is an implosion device right as opposed to an explosion device and he's using wire frames of the chestahedron to structure water. He sticks this on a spindle and sticks it. He can change the surface tension of a whole swimming pool in like 15 minutes using oh. this thing. So very powerful geometry. So I, I looked at that and I said, man, I got to make a wind harp out of this thing. <laughs> uh, it's just too cool. And uh, I, I asked his permission. He says, yeah, go for it. But I, I, to turn it into wind harp, I had to put a, a, a tetrahedron on the bottom of it. Yeah. So you got a tetrahedron here and and then and that's where i put the 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 resonator inside that so now it's so the 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 the, um, song of aquarius is a nine-sided polyhedron instead of a seven-sided and still all the surface areas are equal yeah i've never seen anything like that before um and it sounds amazing. And I, I, I said, man, I got to make this out of titanium because that's the metal that I've been using for uh, thirty years, and it's the ultimate wind harp material. It's, it's half the uh, weight of steel, twice the strength, super light and super flexible, but non magnetic. Uh-huh. And I like that component because to me magnetism is like duality It, it it's it us it one way or the other if it's non-magnetic it, it can it can channel sound without interfering with it. it's a pure it's a pure um uh vessel to channel vibration without putting any kind of a, a, a polarity or spin on it yeah that's my that's my narrative anyway silver
0: is a little like that too right
1: yeah but silver is quite a bit heavier uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and more expensive, <laughs> but titanium is very structural. I mean, this is a metal that where you 95% of all reconstructive surgery for the human body is using titanium now. Yeah. So here's a metal that's solely biocompatible with our human physiology and, um, they're using this metal to make spaceships. they we're, we're going to the stars using titanium. So to me, this is a metal that is a space age model yeah that's being embedded in our in our um uh our our you know our our inhumanities using a lot of this so um so anyway I built this thing and it's got uh, 21 strings on it it ended up being exactly 12 feet tall uh I didn't plan it um but it has and it has the resonator in it is made out of titanium and it has a 72 degree uh bowl resonator in it so that 72 degrees generates the pentagram right 5 divides 360 by 5 you get 72 so that all these different all these different geometries all these different shapes when you start stacking resonance in a structure like that and all these different levels it just adds to its ability to um, vibrate in resonance with with our with our geometry right. and of course i tuned it to d and a DNA, so that's a fifth yeah and um has an interesting sound to it
0: all right it, so, it, it
1: play with almost no wind it's crazy i so don't,
0: now uh if we can uh two reasonably technologically illiterate people figure out how to see if we can show people and let people hear some of these things. Because,
1: okay, let me, let's go to, I'm going to sh- share the screen here and go to, um, let's go to, we can go to th- uh, this. Can you see that? Not yet. Let's see if I'm on. okay titanium gongs there can you see the gong
0: Yep, i got
1: it okay so these are these are the titanium gongs that i'm building um and um a couple different sizes it's a 32 inch gong and and i have some smaller ones but they're Uh, made out of grade two titanium and, um, I anodized them to give them these different colors and like this one over here has got the flower of life on it. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's some of the other gongs here. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote gongs, but uh, the prices are there, but I apologize for that. So we've got different shapes like this. Um, celtic knot or the celtic triune i call it the holy trinity it's really fun to put different geometries on here here's a, a really interesting geometry the um a cube octahedron geometry and um, there's there's i also have made bells out of titanium like this one here um, this is a 60 degree cone and i have them heat treated with a, a proprietary um, process that regrows the crystals and makes it totally eliminates all of the stresses in the gongs, in the bells. I mean, and they sound amazing. They have a sustain of about 90 seconds when you strike the go- strike the bell. Um, but the gongs are different. You can play the gongs and play different areas on the gong to get different tones, which is way more um, um, interactive. So those are, the, those are the gongs made out of titanium. And the and so here, let me just play this, let me play this video that explains what's interesting about custanium gongs. I got started building sound sculptures 40 years ago. It was all inspired through my introduction to the folk harp. It taught me about harmonics, it taught me about sound, it taught me about harmony. But that evolved into building wind harps out of metals. I have a real resonant affinity with titanium as a result of an auto accident and, and reconstructed surgery involved, having some titanium placed in my forehead. As a result of that experience, I decided to uh, investigate titanium and started building wind harps out of titanium and found them to be extremely resonant sound structures. I named my company Cristanium Gongs because titanium has such a crystalline tone to it. I have no interest in duplicating anything else that's out there in the gong world. I'm creating something new, something different, something that resonates from my point of view with the 21st century and the vibration that we're moving into as a human species. My experience with the gong is that it supports in collecting all my sensory currents, all my scattered energies, thoughts, feelings. as I'm playing that gong, that's the only thing I'm doing is I'm listening to the sound of that gong. This is an instrument that's been around for a very long time. And this is a metal that we're using to create spaceships that are taking us to the stars. It's half the way to steal twice the strength, and it's a different vibration. We're no longer in the Bronze Age. We are now in the Space Age. Gongs play all the notes, man. Then when you play the gong, you're, I mean, you're hearing all kinds of overtones. You're hearing deep subtones. It's a full spectrum sound. It's wonderful. Gogs are awesome. OK. Got it. Let's go to um, this one here. Whoops. Let me turn this. Whoops. Stop. So here are the harps. Here are the harps. So um, these are public, in, public commissions, public installations. Um, one of the earliest, uh, I'll show you my very first wind harp here. There's one here. There it is. That's the, uh, the soul cry wind Harp, built in 1984. Uh, the neck and pedestal was reinforced concrete. It's crazy. It and stainless steel sound box and the flowers went crazy. Wow. Those Look are damn. moon, those are moon flowers. And they, they start crawling up the strings. <laughs> wow. They went nuts. They just love that sound. And that was, that harp was uh, installed in, out in front of my shop in, uh, North Carolina. Glendale Springs, North Carolina, so it was just, you know, lots of rain, lots of, yeah, it was a tourist attraction for many years there. Wow. So that was the very first harp. We, yeah, it was, it was crazy to move. And um, and then this is this is more 21st century here. This is a star David Windharp made all out of titanium. The sound bowl is titanium. And then um, the base was made out of stainless and you could sit underneath this thing because I, I left an open portal between the sound bowl and this bell, this titanium bell. And you could sit underneath here and listen to the sound coming right down, right down through here. And just the slightest wind and you could hear these harmonics coming through this this bell. So this is that's kind of the other end of the spectrum of, Geometries, and there's bells, of course um, this is my very first harp it was made out of bronze in the shape of a double pyramid or so that was my first metal harp, I guess
0: yeah
1: uh, made out of bronze um, and I don't make them out of bronze anymore it's not that resonant but uh, I lived in Santa Fe at the time and had access to some foundries so uh, but that's a classical shape, the double tetrahedron uh in, in it's one of the platonic solids is that's called the octahedron yep. in the platonic solids. Um, and and here is the chestahedron, right?
0: There you go. Can so we hear how that sounds
1: pardon me? Can
0: we hear how that sounds?
1: I, I don't I don't have a recording loaded no, loaded there's... up for that right now. Uh-huh. Okay. but you can see the top seven sided chestahedron on the top there and then I added this lower um equal um tetrahedron on the bottom so it's uh and it's on a bearing so you can spin it it looks it looks really cool when you spin it let me see where's another one of that here it is here there's another view of it there um so when you spin it it's like when it spins um Very interesting geometry when it spins. I'll bet. Do
0: you have any short clip of uh, what one of the wind harps sound
1: like? Yes, I do. Here is, um, I've got some sound on here. Where's the sound? Listen to the sound of a wind harp. You gotta turn up your your volume to hear this. Can you hear that? Yep.
0: I'm sure it does not do it justice through a computer,
1: but no, not at all. It's re- it's tough to really capture the essence of it. it's very um, ambient. Yeah. That's amazing all right okay
0: so maybe uh let's finish with is and we can maybe get off of the screen save
1: okay good question how do we do that okay stop share okay there we are got it
0: uh any is there a, a certain anecdote you can tell us about what you've seen with either people or the plants or animals or the landscape or you know the health of a garden what, what what have you seen then
1: well i'll tell you one thing that happens every year with my with uh, with my wind harps is the bluebirds if i don't block the holes in the wind harps the bluebirds are making nests in my on all my wind harps and they'll get in there, and robins, yeah, and um, so they'll, they'll crawl in the sound hole and make build a nest in the bottom of the resonant chamber. And I, I watched a, a, a family of robins. The five eggs, they all hatched, and, they, and the and and the space in there was big enough so they could they could live. Because a lot of times they'll throw a, throw an egg out because it's too it's too big for the for the nest. Yeah. Uh, But they all lived and they all, I mean, I I was, I was, you know, um, uh, really intent on watching them take off when they finally merged and took off, but I missed them. And, and, but they all, and they grew so fast. They were just these fat little, you know, Robins. And uh, so to get a 24 seven diet of harmonics while you're growing, that's got to say something about, about the Ability of these wind of these wind harps to be in resonance with nature. Yeah. So okay. that I know. I mean, birds love them. Um, my cat loves the gongs. Um, um. I. You know. I.
0: Yeah. There's so many ways of. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, the bottom line is we are created out of energy. We're set, crystallized. Energies, One of which undoubtedly is sound and the vibrational energy and harmonics. And as I always say, we don't know the half of it. And the problem is we've been convinced that the half of it doesn't exist. And that's a real tragedy. Mm -hmm. So Ross, where can people find out more about this? Contact you, find out if they can get one, put one in their community center
1: or whatever. Okay, the the best place to get a wind harp or, or to find out about it is go to my uh, website, www.harmonywindharps with an s.com. And you can contact me through that website and I will respond to you, harmonywindharps.com. And um, you got to, I answer any of your questions through there. And then the gong the gong website is cristaniumgongs.com that's c-r-y-s-t-a-n-i-u-m gongs.com so i'm very available um love to chat about putting you know and and the, they're, they're not a, some my i've got a very large price range of prices on these on these uh wind harps so you don't have to be a millionaire to get one right.
0: um, Any final words for our friends out there?
1: Um, All I can say is follow the sound. (laughs) There you go. That's who we are. All right, Ross.
0: Thank you so much. It was just wonderful to hear this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, my friend. Blessings.